The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Did you have a good week? Except for Pastor Jace. Did you have a good week? Jace still had a good week. Um, hey, we, man, uh, so many of the men were coming off of a high uh, from men's conference. I don't know how to describe to you what it sounds like to have 750 men worshiping Jesus, but it is, it's like a roar. It's a rumble. I mean, it is, it is absolutely incredible. And I'm just going to try something. Um, you'll only know if you were there, but I'm just going to try something. You ready? You ready, men? Long live the king. Long live the king. Whoa, what's up? They were listening, Reggie. They were listening. Oh man, we had such a great, great weekend. Hey, I want to just welcome you to Harvest. My name is Pastor Jason. My wife Lisa and I have the incredible honor of being the pastors here at Harvest. If I have not met you, I would love to meet you. We would love to meet you. I met two uh, young men this morning that for the very first time, I love meeting uh, new friends. And so uh, I just love to meet you. But also, we have a gift for you. If you're uh, uh, checking things out today, you're a guest. Uh, afterwards, you can stop by our hospitality desk right out the middle doors, and we'll give you a gift, and we just want to get to know you a little bit, and if we can be part of your life, we would love to be part of your life, and I, I always, I almost always forget this when I get to do announcements, but we want to welcome everyone watching online uh, as well. Would you give them a hand clap? They can hear you this morning. I want to tell you about a couple of things that are coming up. I'm really excited. Uh, two weeks from now, March the 10th, we're going to have a water baptism. Uh, the way that works around here is when you're ready to go uh, public with your faith, you just let us know, and we schedule a water baptism the very next chance that we can. And so after our last one, we had a couple people say, hey, I'm ready to get baptized. So March the 10th, and maybe you're ready. You can let us know. You can sign up online or through the app, and uh, we would love to make that just a big party. We, we get really excited at Harvest when people get baptized because that means that there is a change happening in their life. And that's a really big deal. So we make a big deal about it. And I want to tell you a couple other things. Um, men's conference just ended, and now we're getting ready for a women's conference. So ladies... You're going to want to pay attention. The If Gathering, this is just for the ladies, is March 22nd and 23rd. It's $39. And if you're a student or a single mom, it's only $19. So we're doing everything we can to help you to get there. And it's going to be incredible. Um, Lisa has been coming home from planning meetings. And every time she comes home, she's more excited. And uh, I just can't wait for what God's going to do in our ladies. So check that out. And then... Um, I'm really excited to make this announcement. It's, it, it's, you're going to think when I announce it, like that's a long ways off and it, it's not that far. Summer camps, um, kids and youth summer camps are coming up in June. I say coming up because we're going to blink and we're going to be there. So parents, um, you're going to want to put these dates in your calendar uh, for the kids. It's June 5 through 8 and then youth June 10 through 14. And the early bird pricing uh, is only lasts in until April 8th. So we want to get you this information early, and uh, that way you can plan your summer, you can make, uh, make this possible. And let me just tug on you, parents. Um, I just, I have a belief um, that summer camp for our kids, there's something that happens when we send them away for a week to just focus on the Lord. And I know I have a personal story that um, I, I was saved uh, 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 in kids' church, and then I went to a camp, and at camp, that's where God talked to me about my purpose and my calling. 
overflowing. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at camp. So I'm a big believer. And so we'll do anything that we have to do to help you get your kids to camp. So when you go to register, if you need uh, financial assistance, if you need scholarships to help get your kids to camp, there's a whole thing there. And you can let us know. And we, we want to help you get your kids to camp. I'm, I have no doubt we'll take the biggest group that we've ever taken to kids and youth camp this year. It's going to be absolutely uh, amazing. Also, if you're new and you want to know more about Harvest, the best way to find out about what we're doing at Harvest is this thing that we do called Open House. And it is in April. It's April the 12th. And it's so much fun. You come in, you get to meet all of our staff, all of our dream team leaders. We give you a tour of the building. We have dinner together. We talk to you about our core values, our beliefs. We, we just kind of pull the curtains back. We want you to see everything, even like the broom closets. We just show you everything. It's an open house. And we would love um, for you to to see what's happening and to, to consider maybe being a part of our family here at Harvest. So we want to invite you to that. And then tonight, this is our last announcement, I promise, but tonight we're kicking off Alpha. We have 150 adults and teenagers that are signed up to be back here tonight. It's seven weeks of discipleship. We're going to go through questions about who is Jesus and how do I pray and how do I read the Bible. I'm just really excited that 150 people would care to come back and to go through um, some of those things. And so if you have not signed up yet, let me just tell you, it's not too late. You still can. We kick off tonight. You're not going to want to miss it. Child care is provided. Dinner is provided. Youth uh, Alpha is going to happen. It's going to be an absolute incredible, incredible night. And then I want to take one minute, and then we have a guest speaker today, and I want to get it to Reggie just as soon as I can. But I want to take one minute, and I want to talk about generosity. And when we talk about generosity at Harvest, we use this phrase. We say, we live with open hands. That, that's the way that we like to talk about, uh, about generosity. And this morning, um, I was just praying and, and just thinking about this moment. And you have to know that for me, this moment is, a, is an important moment in what we do. And, and, and really, this is what I felt uh, as I was praying. I felt uh, it, it led to just challenge you. I was reminded of a scripture in Malachi chapter 3. It says to, to bring the whole tithe. Um, that's the, the first 10% of our, of our earnings. To bring the, 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 what God's provided, to bring it to the, to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then it says this, and I've, I've always been intrigued. It says, test me in this. It's one of the only places in scripture where we're told, like, here's the principle. And God says, go ahead, try me. Just go ahead and, and test me in this. And then there's a promise. He says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And I just felt led this morning, and it's probably because I've had several conversations lately with individuals who are making this, and I'll just say it this way, this scary step to live open-handed. And it's, it's scary the first few times you start taking those steps. And I've been talking with some, some guys who are making those first steps, and I'm just so excited because I know the promises that are attached to that faith when that happens. And I just felt led this morning to just, to just encourage you with this script and just say, you know what, would you just test the Lord? Would you just step out in faith and just trust him and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live open-handed. And, and the reason we say it this way, it's not just about our money. It's about everything, like our whole lives. We just, we just want to live like nothing is ours. Everything is God's. And whatever he wants to do with it, we're just trusting him with it. And I just think it's the best way to live. And there's a whole bunch of people at Harvest that tend to agree with me on that. And we sure are having a lot of fun living 
generously. So I'd love to pray over you, and then I'm going to introduce our speaker today. So let me pray. Father, thank you for the promises in your word, uh, specifically around this idea that we can live open-handed, that we don't have to try to hold on to possessions or finances. We don't have to hold on to things, but when we live open-handed, you bless us so much that we just we can't even ha- handle all of it. And Lord, we have a belief here at Harvest that as we live this way, that you use this church to be a blessing to our community. And Lord, I pray that this week that that would happen in so many ways, in so many places, and my prayers that you would bless every friend, every family here, here today that makes this decision to live open-handed. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Hey, man. Well, we've already talked about it. Men's conference was a huge success. My friend Reggie Dabbs was one of our speakers, and I just have come to love Reggie. I actually grew up going to camps hearing from Reggie, and uh, it's such an honor to have him here this entire weekend. You are going to love it today. Will you help me welcome Reggie this morning as he comes? Good morning. Everybody do me a favor. Look at the person beside you, stare him in the eye, and say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Turn to the person on the other side of you. Do it again. Say, all right, all right, all right. Everybody turn around. Look at somebody behind you at the back of their head and say, nice haircut. All right. <laughs> it's good to be with you this morning. It's good to see you this morning. Hey, look, if you're a visitor, I'd like to apologize for what's about to happen up in here. It'll be normal next week. Come back, okay? You see, I, you're looking at me. I'm looking at, I'm not even, I like New Mexico. Dude, brown. Everything's brown. <laughs> you, I'm like, I just blend right into the grass up in here. Dude, this is, that's racial. Okay, so, so my job today is real simple. I, I love coming to be with you. If you're a man that was at men's conference, we had a blast this weekend. It was just way too much fun, and I, I and they said you coming to my church. All of do all the guys that were there like you coming to my church Sunday. I said, well, I better man. I got to save the best sermon for Sunday. <laughs> so let me help you out. If you're looking at me a little weird, it's because I was born and raised in the South. See, I was born in a state called Tennessee. Grew up there, raised there, went to church there. If you haven't noticed yet, I'm chocolate. So you have a a southern black preacher in your church in New Mexico. Cool. Now, now, some of you are like, why are they clapping and why are they going woo-hoo? Because they've seen Medea movies. They know exactly what's going to happen. So, so, so here's is here it is. Rule number one. I just want to make everybody comfortable. Rule number one. Everybody, number one, you got to talk to the preacher. Everybody say, come on, Reggie. Everybody say, preach it, Reggie. Rule number two, you got to talk to your neighbor. You already started. You already said, all right, all right, all right. But now touch your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. Look at your other neighbor and say, I ain't done. I'm going to have to talk to you. (laughs) Number three, everybody, when we're done, go eat lunch. I I skipped breakfast. I'm hungry. My sermon is going to be short. Because pastor's wife already said, we're going to eat a good place today. And I said, let's go now. I almost got up, gave an altar call, and said, let's go home. But no, I'm going to do what I got to do. It's going to be good. Are y'all ready? 
Now, for those of you who really like details, here's the detail. I'm not just a speaker. I'm also a saxophone player. This is a soprano saxophone. I know it looks small. It's either that small or I'm big or both. <laughs> but it's a soprano saxophone. Her name's Little Debbie. Everybody welcome Little Debbie today. She's going to do a little something for you today. I call her Little Debbie because she's sweeter than a tasty cake. Word. All right. I got Southern people in the house. That's good. My wife, Michelle's here. I'm not going to point at her because she'll beat me up in my sleep after church today because she's Puerto Rican. All right. So. Okay, look, I am, I am on day 16 uh, after total uh, knee reconstruction. Uh, I'm on day 16. And uh, so I might have, should have not have taken that one pill <laughs> before I started my sermon this morning. But either way, I'm feeling really good right now. So <laughs> some of y'all going to leave and get on the phone and go, the preacher started with, uh, I'm stoned. All right. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. It's in my pocket. I can't wait, though. Okay. <laughs> I'm never going to get invited back here again. My life is over. This is great. Uh, how many of you love Jesus this morning? Oh, come on. Hey, I don't know how you got here or why you're here, but let me tell you something. I woke up this morning, and all I know is this. For some reason, God's going to let me be the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card from heaven you've ever seen on a Sunday morning. And I got something for you today. So let me just start by doing it with a little music, all right? I'm going to start with what I started with. Let's go old school, all right? If you know it, you got to help me. Here we go.
This church ain't never going to be the same again. Uh, let, me, uh, let me just take you to the men's conference yesterday, all right? Actually, this morning I had a, a man who was at the conference came up and he goes, look, if there's any way possible, can you do this? And I went, for you, anything. And it sets up our sermon today, but I need everyone in the church to participate. Some of you may think this is weird to have happen in a church, but what has happened normal since I've been up here? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So everybody in the room, help me out. Take both hands and put them over your head like this. Now both hands, put them down. Now bounce your shoulder like that. That's good. And everybody go like this. Don't dab. Do not dab. Oh, there's one dude. He had to dab, didn't he? All right. Wiggle your fingers across the room. Point at yourself. Now point at somebody with you. That's good. Let's do it one more time. Hands up. Hands down. Bounce. Wiggle. Point at yourself. Point at somebody in the room. Now, I'm not going to tell you when to do this. Every man who was at conference yesterday, you're going to have to show everybody when to do the moves. So everybody look around. If you're a man who was at conference, wave at me. All the men who were at conference. Are y'all watching these brothers? good come on wiggle to do what all right you got to do this everybody stand up everybody stand up stand up look at your neighbor and say everything's gonna be all right look at your other neighbor say everything's gonna be all right now everybody just clap your hands we got to finish this clap your hands No valley, no river, oh y'all doing good, to do what? Just one more time, come on church, put those hands up, no valley, no river, now you got to say it real loud, to do what? Clap your hands right now. Give somebody a high five. 
Go ahead, sit down. As you're sitting down, look at your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. Oh, I think you just got the title of my sermon today. One more time, say, everything's going to be all right. I like that guy that came, brought us out of worship. I don't know if y'all listened to the scripture he read, but you think he knew what I was going to preach today. I like it when God has a plan like that. John chapter 16, verse 33. The Bible says, everybody say, the Bible says. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Somebody say amen. amen. Now I know, I know, I know. Now let me give it to you one more time. It says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. Where's your trust this morning? If you put your trust in your job, anything can go wrong. If you put your trust in your car, anything could go wrong. If you put your trust in your relationship, anything could go wrong. But if you put your trust in the Lord, everything's going to be all right. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. I know you're going to get sick of saying that, but I want you to wake up on a Monday morning when you get ready to go to work tomorrow and just whisper to yourself, everything's going to be all right. It ain't got nothing to do with what's in your bank account. It ain't got nothing to do with what the doctor report says. It's got nothing to do with what you could do on your own ability, but it's who Jesus is. It's what he has done and what he will continue to do. If you know what I'm talking about, for five seconds, clap your hands and say, everything's going to be all right. I'm sorry. I might have started a little too happy today. I need to ring it in, bring it down. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not angry. Some of y'all looking at me like, he mad. <laughs> no, this is how we do stuff. You gotta, if you came in here and you didn't have faith, this sermon has enough faith for you to get some before you leave this room. You cannot go out in that parking lot the way you came in in Jesus' name. If you do, that's your fault. Amen? So here's what I'll do. Here's what I have to do. From the balcony to the floor, from the left to the right, I got to convince you to go on, a, just go on a trip with me. Take a ride with Uncle Reggie. Y'all ready to go? Okay. First stop. First stop, and, I, and everybody touch your neighbor and say, he's telling the truth. Touch your other neighbor and say, he ain't lying. Touch your other neighbor and say, you're gonna, this is going to be good. You know what I like, Pastor? Everybody's like leaning in this morning. This is like really cool. I know some of y'all had nine cups of coffee and you're like, I should be wanting to go to the bathroom. Don't do it. Don't do it. You better stay in this room. Here it is. I ain't got no shame, y'all. I ain't got no shame. Right before I had knee surgery, I was at a youth conference and there was 13,000 kids there. I got up. I got I was halfway through my main point and this kid got up and started walking out. He was on like the third row. I said, little brother, sit your little self down. What is wrong with you? I said, he goes, I got to go. I said, well, hold it. And next time, go before I get the microphone. He sat down and he was the first one that answered the altar call. You got to understand. And I know some of y'all like, well, you can't do that nowadays. Well, I think it's now and I think it's a day. I know I'm 60. I look good, though, because black don't crack, word. I'm just saying, y'all. But I, I kept some of those old school traits, y'all know what I'm saying? 
Don't be messing with me. I'll throw a mic stand at your head. <laughs> Let's take our first stop. Her name's Tara. Everybody say Tara. Tara's in the eighth grade. She played the clarinet in the band. Tara was on the volleyball team. She was in student government. That means Tara, smart girl, and she knew what she was doing. But you know what she loved? December 26th to January 1st. Because you know what happens? Her mom and dad and Tara would get on a plane in Dallas, Texas, and fly to Denver, Colorado, get in a rental car and go up in the mountains. In those Rockies, they had those ski, ski places. I'm black. We don't do that, all right? <laughs> And she and her dad would go skiing. Mom, she looked like a skier, dressed like a skier, but mama didn't ski. She just read her book and drank hot chocolate. <laughs> One time they got there early. They grabbed the skis. They went up and came down, went a second time. I don't know if y'all know this, but man, up in, up in Denver, it get dark quick when it gets around to Christmas time, y'all. So the dad said, we can only go halfway. So they're coming down. Dad was in front of his daughter, but he knew her voice. And all he heard was, ha! When he hit his brake and looked back, his daughter's skis got crossed and she fell and she hit her head against a tree. But it's okay. She had a helmet on, but maybe not because she was unconscious. They called for an ambulance. They brought a sled. They put her on it. They took her in the ambulance, took her to a hospital. If we fast forward three hours, a doctor came out of the double doors and said, do not enter. Walked over to Taylor's mom and dad and said, I'm sorry. There's nothing else we can do. In one hour, we have to unplug the machine. I'm sorry for your loss. And he turned and walked away. Now, I know on a Sunday morning, some of you are looking at me like, I thought you said the title was Everything's Going to Be All Right. Well, it is. I don't write them. I just have to preach them, okay? <laughs> but what you got to understand, if you don't understand Tara, then maybe you'll understand Heather. Just take a ride with me. Everybody say Heather. Heather lived in Atlanta, Georgia. She had five brothers and two sisters. Heather's dad was the greatest neurosurgeon in the greater Atlanta metro area. He worked for seven different hospitals for seven months in a row. But after that, he would go on vacation with his family. He would come home. They'd be gone to school. And when he got to leave, they would be in bed getting ready. They would go days without seeing their dad. But they knew that after seven months of working hard... Four weeks, five weeks, they go on vacation with him, and it was the greatest vacations ever. Not only that, this is the part I like. Everybody hit your neighbor and say, this is cool. Hit your other neighbor and say, this is real cool. Hey, on that, after that ninth month, only he was off, but he wasn't off because here's what he did. The whole year, he would set up surgeries on the continent of Africa. He would go to Africa and do surgery on people who had this disease called HIV AIDS. And the doctors in Africa wouldn't do the surgery on these people because they were afraid during the surgery of cutting themselves and their blood mixing and them catching this disease. But he went and did it. But this is the cool part. Everybody hit your neighbor and say, you got to get this. Hit your other neighbor and say, you got to hear this. He would meet with the family before the surgery, and they would hear his American accent, and then he would say this, you're wondering why an American came to Africa to do this surgery. Here's why. When I'm done and your relative is going to live, I want you to bring every relative you can. This had a conference room that could hold like 300 people. They would come after the surgery. He would get up and tell them that their family member was going to live. Some of them would break out in dancing. They would brought drums. They were like crazy, and they would try to give him gifts. He goes, no, just give me five minutes minutes and they would get quiet and he goes I came to do surgery so that you can know of the man who guides my hands his name is Jesus Christ and he would witness the families and he would lead people to Jesus. Clap your hands because that's cool you don't have to have a Bible degree to lead somebody to Jesus 
God will use you just where you are. And Heather loved her daddy. Heather wanted to be just like him. So guess what Heather did? She went to school. She made straight A's. She went to med school. She went to all the self-surgery. She became just like her daddy to the point to where she got to go to Africa, do surgeries, and lead people to Jesus. One day, she, she led 39 people to Christ. But her dad was still doing his surgery. She wanted to maybe be there. She wanted to tell him what happened. But about an hour into his surgery, he came out of the room. She saw him go into the prep room, and his hands were under a sink, and the water was running. And when she walked in, she could hear him mumbling, Jesus, please, Jesus, please. And when she got close, she could see the cut on her dad's hand. His blood has mixed with someone highly infected with HIV AIDS. And, and she went in. She goes, we got to give you, there's a drug you could take to fight the disease in your body. But they didn't know until he took the drug, he's highly allergic. He had a reaction. They had to get him home. There was a flight from Johannesburg to Atlanta. They got two seats, A21, A, A, and A21B. When she sat down, she started taking his vitals. He was slowly, slowly slipping away because of the education she had. She knew he would never make it to Atlanta. When he finally fell asleep and the plane took off, she went to the bathroom and locked the door and started begging God to save her daddy. Now, I know everybody touch your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. Y'all not doing it with as much gusto as you did a while ago. Some of you are looking up here going, where's my pastor? This is the most depressing Sunday of my life. My own wife is looking at me going, this is sad. What's wrong with you? You should have took the pill before the sermon. But hey, I got I to gotta do what I got to do. You're in the boat now. You're taking a ride with me now. But if you don't understand Taylor, you don't understand Heather, then maybe you'll understand this. There was a boy, six years old, first day of school. He got there early. His teacher was at the classroom door. She greeted every student by saying, find a desk with your name. When the bell rings, we'll take attendance and we'll start school. By the time the bell rang, this boy found his desk. The bell rang, teacher took attendance. Help me out. When teachers take attendance, they say your first name and your? Except this boy, all the teacher said was his first name. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on Wednesday, this boy showed up to school early, and he noticed everybody at their desk had a first name and last name except him. He didn't say nothing. On the last day, that Friday, he raised his hand after the teacher only used one name for him. He said, I have a question. She said, walk up front. He walked up front and said, Where's, everybody has two names except me. Everybody's desk has two names except mine. What's up with that? Where's my name? And the teacher said, I'm sorry, you don't have a last name. Never met anybody who didn't have a last name. He went and he sat down. A week later, they had what they call parent-teacher conference. Do y'all do that in New Mexico? You have that day where parents go to school and meet teachers? I hate that day. If you hate that day, clap your hands. I hate that day. I hate that day. Y'all see everybody clapping? They're the bad students at school, all right? This boy's name was the first one. Both mom and dad showed up. Teacher talked for five minutes. When it was over, they walked outside. He noticed something. All his friends were with their parents. All his friends' parents were young, but his parents were like old. In the car, they're going home. He's in the back there in the front. So he yelled to the front seat. He was like, hey, why y'all old? Don't ever do that. <laughs> Look at me, brother on the front row. Look at me. If you think your people old, keep it to yourself, all right? Just don't say nothing. Take it to the grave, all right? I'm just saying, when they got home, the dad said, we got to talk. So they put him at the kitchen table to have a talk. Anybody ever been to the kitchen table to have a talk? Ooh, ooh, pastor's daughter just went, yeah. <laughs> we got to talk after church. I want to know what happened. I'm a nosy preacher up here, y'all. <laughs> 
I love it. The dad said, son, there's a plan for your life. The mom said, baby, I'm so sorry. And the mom started crying. The mom cried so hard that the dad moved chairs and held the mom for 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, the dad said, tell him, tell him. When this mom opened her mouth, this boy will never forget what was said. All the mom said was this, baby, I'm sorry. I'm old because I'm not your mom. And the dad whispered, I'm not your dad. Then she said, you have a brother. His name is Keith. You have two sisters, Annette and Jeanette. Your mom kept your brother. Your mom kept both your sisters. But your mom said that you were mistaken. She hated the day that you were born. But she gave you to me. Are you all right? A little six-year-old boy said, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Was he okay? Was he fine? From that night, he would cry himself to sleep. From six years old, became seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. At 13 years old, he couldn't take it no more. Anybody here ever wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning you wide awake? Word. Next time that happens, I got you. <laughs> Uncle Reggie got you. It's all good. It was 3 a.m. He woke up and it scared him because the voice in his head started saying stuff that he never heard before. Boy, 13 years old, 3 a.m., the voice in his head said, nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. If you were to disappear, no one would look for you. Your own mama gave you away. You should give up. You should give up. And he started to cry. When he did, that's when it happened. His bedroom door opened. Look at me. If your bedroom door opens at 3 o'clock in the morning, run. <laughs> Forget scary movies. Who loves scary movies? Who loves scary movies? Put, put your hand down, people. What's wrong with you? You know why you like scary movies? Ain't nobody ever told you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. You know why Reggie don't like scary movies? Black people die first in scary movies. I, I ain't going out like that. Oh, by the way, it wasn't the it clown that walked in his room. When the door opened, his foster care dad walked in. His name is Bill. When his foster care dad walked in, he said, are you all right? I heard you crying. And the boy said, how? It wasn't like he was doing that ugly boy cry. You know the one. It wasn't like that. The dad said, every day you hug your mom, but for the past two days you haven't. Every day you talk to me, but for two days not one word. So last night and tonight after your mom fell asleep, he said, I grabbed a pillow, and for the past two nights I slept by your door. And this morning I heard you cry. What's wrong? The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 1, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Why would God put those two things in the same book? I've told you these things so that in me you may have hope, peace. In this world you will have trouble. I'm telling you this morning, no matter how depressing these three stories may look like, I did it on purpose because I ain't done yet. I've only given you half the story. So now my job is to give you the rest of the story. So everybody touch your neighbor and say, it ain't over till God takes over. Somebody touch your other neighbor and say, come on, let's do this. So let's go back. Anybody remember Tara? You remember what's happening? You remember where she at? What are they going to do in an hour? Somebody said, pull the plug. You can make it a little nicer than that, all right? <laughs> wow, okay. 20 minutes in, she's sitting in a room. They moved her to a private room. 20 minutes into the one hour, the doctor showed up. And when he did, the mom met him at the door and said, no, you said one hour. I still have 40 minutes. And he said, ma'am, every time something like this happens, I tried to figure out something. And I went to the database. And it's a database that shows anyone and everyone who needs something in the United States of America. There's a girl in Phoenix, Arizona. In four days, she will die. She needs a new heart. And I need to tell you, your daughter's a perfect match. So I need to ask you. Can I have your baby's heart? Yes. 
so a little girl can live. But oh, I got to move fast. I can only give you five minutes. I'll be back in five minutes. He walked away. When he came back, she was in the hall. She looked at him and says, I don't know who you are. I just know you're a doctor. But here's the deal. If I say yes, one year from today, on December 26, you make a way for me to look at the girl in the eye who's going to get my baby's heart. You do whatever you got to do to make that happen. We'll go to Phoenix. We'll do whatever. He said, I promise you. I promise you. Fast forward one year. Phoenix, Arizona at the airport, going down the escalators, a husband and wife, they wished they could be skiing with their little girl, but they could not. When they got the baggage claim, all of a sudden, they look up, and there's a familiar face. It's the doctor from Denver, Colorado. He took vacation time to make sure he was there for the meet and greet that was about to happen. He said, I have a rental car. We can drive you there now. When they got to the house, listen to this. A man and woman was standing in the front yard when the car pulled up. You know why? Because listen to me, people. If your baby gets someone's heart, you don't let them ring your doorbell, and you don't let them knock on your front door. You meet them in the front yard of your life. The Bible says that Jesus says in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If any man lets me in, I'll come in and sup with him. This morning, if you need Jesus, don't let him knock on your heart's door anymore. He didn't need to meet him in the front yard of your life. It's time for you to let God be God in your life. It's time for you to let him take over once in your life. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is real. Some of you are like, what about this girl? She's gone. Yes, she's gone but watch this in the front yard everybody's crying even the doctor's crying he goes you got to go in I did something special when they opened the front door the doctor had already been to the house he hooked up this girl's to a monitor to speakers so when they walked in the front door of the house the whole house was full of this sound boom 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 all you can hear is Tara's heart beating to the drum in that little girl's chest and Tara's mom goes that's my baby's heart don't you know that when you give your life to Jesus Romans 10 9 if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved when you do that you know what happens God he is the great physician he does surgery on your corrupt nasty messed up perverted heart and he gives you Jesus heart so then when God sees you he hears his son's heart it's the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life. It's called salvation. And for somebody, this is your day. Somebody say, everything's going to be all right. Even in death, it could be all right. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, he ain't done, y'all. Okay, I got to play out my disclaimer. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in this room and can hear my voice, if you love sin, you love being a sinner, you're just one nasty brother or sister up in the church this morning. If you love your nastiness, you need to pretend you got to go to the bathroom, get all your stuff, and get as far away from my voice as you possibly can. Because the longer you stay in this room, the more in jeopardy your nasty is at leaving you. You know what's good? Ain't nobody going to do nothing right now. Because if you get up, your whole section going to go, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> but I have a good time. <laughs> Heather, she's in the bathroom on the plane, right? She's begging God to save her dad. She knows he's not going to make it back to Atlanta. She was in that bathroom for 35 minutes, and all of a sudden she heard, what is up with that? Have you ever been in the bathroom or look at the door when someone's in the bathroom on a plane? It says occupied. There's a reason why it says occupied. Somebody trying to handle their business, and here you are knocking. Who be knocking on a door that says occupied? 
So she opens the door, and there's three men looking at her. Oh, this is good. Everybody hit your neighbor and say, here we go. <laughs> hit your other neighbor and say, here we go. <laughs> oh, that is so <laughs> If you only knew what was about to happen. All right, here we go. The one guy goes, ma'am, uh, we're sitting right by the bathroom, and you've been in here 35 minutes, and we thought you might need help. You might be sick. We're three doctors, so if there's something wrong, we can help you. And she went, no. And Heather explained the whole thing about her dad and the medicine, and, the, and the, he's allergic and all this stuff. And I'm trying to get him home, but his vitals are dropping. And one of the guys started laughing. He literally, she's like, he's in 21A. He's dying. His vitals are dropping. And the guy goes, <laughs> who laughs? And she's from Atlanta. So Heather just reached up and started taking off an earring. Now look. Ooh. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. So y'all know what that means, right? If a sister starts taking off her earrings, somebody's going to bleed. And she would not. She started taking. And one guy goes, no, 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 no. This is so good. Hit your neighbor and say, here it is. Hit your neighbor and say, here it is. <laughs> the one guy goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He's laughing because this is the craziest thing ever. She goes, what are you talking about? And they go, we're not just three doctors. There are 99 doctors on this plane. We're going to Atlanta for the World AIDS Conference. The medicine that your dad needs, it's in my bag. On the plane. Y'all, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Y'all, some of y'all still, okay, look. Pardon me for letting me help make sure everybody's on the same boat in the car with me, but let me explain this. They could have been on any plane at any time at any moment, but they were not. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of clowns going to a clown convention, but they were not. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of plumbers who need to pull up their pants and say no to crack, but they were not. They were on the right plane at the right time with the right answer for the right need. You're in the right church at the right time with the right pastor, with the right answers, with the right God. Listen to me. God knows what you're going through. And in the middle of your pain, he's just came here today to say everything's going to be all right. Cast all your cares upon me. Look at you with your Nikes on getting up doing my sermon before I even <laughs> preach it. I'm just saying, y'all, you've been set up today. The question is, what you going to do with it? What you going to do with it? And everything was okay. Little boy, six years old, find out that his mama kept his brother and two sisters. By 13, at 3 in the morning, the voice in his head said, take your own life. His foster care dad, a school janitor named Bill, comes in his bedroom and says, I'll always be here. He said, I'll never call you Reggie. I'll always call you son. Oh, you got it, didn't you? I'm that boy. I grew up in the system my entire life. Then Jesus. They said I was a mistake. Then Jesus. They said I should have never been, but Jesus. They said I should have gave up, but Jesus. Why is my wife crying? You knew it was me. over pastor's crying his wife's crying my wife's like what are you doing hey why don't you just let him have it just let God have it today just give up and let God in there's so many things you can choose to do there's so many places you could choose to go 
There's so many choices you could choose to make, but the greatest choice is to let go and let God. I'm going to say it again. You got to let go. And you got to let God. You see, I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know why you're here. But I had 16 days to fight through total knee reconstruction. I should have canceled this weekend. Every doctor except the one who did the surgery. He looked at me and said, oh, bro, you are strong as an ox. You can go do whatever you want. But on Friday night at the men's conference, I realized I was supposed to be here. And when I put my head on my pillow on Friday night, I said, thank you, God, for letting me get here. And God goes, I ain't done yet. So yesterday, I put my head on my pillow and said, thank you, God, for letting me get here. He goes, oh, no, 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 we ain't done yet. This morning, I'm with you. And I got one more after this. I'm staying tomorrow. I'm doing your Christian high school, Hope High School, tomorrow morning. Can't wait to see what God's going to do. But right now, it's between you and God. So there's two things. Number one is this. If you're in this room and you say, Reggie, I need everything to be okay, but it just doesn't feel like it. I'm carrying something way too big. It's bigger than me. I need help today. If that's you, I'm going to start at 15 and go to zero. When I get to zero, whoever is standing up, then you're saying, I'm giving this to God. Some of you are like, why can't I just do it in my seat? Because something happens when we move. See, I'm going to pray for you, whoever's standing Prayer is spiritual. Moving is physical. Standing up is physical. I found out in church services like this, if you do something spiritual like praying and physical like moving, it opens up the door for supernatural to happen in your situation. So with every head up, every eye open, everybody looking around, you got 15 seconds. If you're going through something real difficult and you want God to help you, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody standing, look at me. I believe. I believe. If you're sitting down and maybe you're sitting near a friend or maybe you're just a stranger, it don't matter, but I think there's enough of us sitting to help everyone who's standing. But I don't want nobody standing alone. Just jump up right now. Put your hand on their shoulder. If you want to lean over and say, tell me your name. Maybe your whole row standing. When you lay your hand on somebody, they'll lay their hand on it. We're going to do this together. But let's say this prayer together. Everybody ready? Everybody say, Jesus, you know why I stood. So right now, I'm letting go, and I'm letting you. Now just listen. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would open up the windows of heaven, that the same God that answered the cry of the heart of people all around the world would be right here in New Mexico this morning. God, you know how deep, you know how sorrowful, you know how painful the hurt is. You know what they had to stand over to stand up this morning. So I pray in the name of Jesus, before any of this becomes a reality, that in our supernatural spirit, we know everything's going to be all right. In our spirit we know you will work all things together for good even our tears you store in a bottle so I pray right now God that you would answer the cry of these people's heart in Jesus name I pray and everybody say amen
Amen, amen, amen. Hey, that's good. Clap. Give somebody a hug right now. That's awesome. You may be seated. Pastor, I need you to come. I'm going to give this to you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey, before Pastor, while he's coming, everybody look at Reggie for a second. Everybody look at Reggie. Look at Reggie. Matter of fact, band, just hang out. It's all good. I'm going to go ahead and just do it all. We're just going to run this show on our own here. It'll be all right. Hey, look at me. Hey, look at me in this room. Uh, I love saying this. And uh, Do you know him? Do you know my Jesus? Never gets old. And I don't know. Maybe you've tried this life on your own. Maybe you're like, I just... I just thought I could do it on my own, but this morning you're you're at the end of the, the walls right there, and you can't see no way around it. And maybe you're the 3 a.m. person who's thought to yourself, you should just give up. Maybe you're here and you're like, why would God let me go through this? So that when you give him your life, you'll know that he can take care of you. The Bible says, and I quoted it, Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Pastor, I need you to step off right in the middle right here. There you go, right there. Hey, I'm going to start at 25, and I'm going to go all the way to zero. When I get to zero, whoever is standing in front of Pastor, you saying this. This morning, I came into church with sin in my life, and I don't want to leave the way I came in Jesus' name. I want to get my life right. But guess what? I'm going to put the pressure on. Because if you're sitting here and you're already saved, your job is simple. While I'm counting from 25 to zero, you got to look at your friends and say, I'll walk with you. I'll go with you. you got to look at your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, your auntie, your auntie, and say, this is the day. I believe this with all my heart, that this salvation this morning is something super. All salvations are incredible. But there's a presence of the Holy Spirit that is a conviction, and it's here huge this morning. So look at your friend or just get up on your own and say, I'm coming to pastor. I'm giving my life to Jesus. You only got 25 seconds before he starts a sinner's prayer. You got to climb up. Somebody like, wait a minute. Are we going to bow our heads? Nope. We're not closing our eyes. Nope. I'm not letting them stand. You got to crawl over your people to get to Jesus today. All right. 25. 24. 23. 22. 21. 20. 19. 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9. Eight, there's room. Come on. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three.
I say this probably every week, but I legitimately believe that following Jesus is the best decision any of us could ever make. I've sensed in my heart for several months that we're entering into a pretty radical season here at Harvest. And week after week after week, we're seeing people make decisions to follow Jesus. Let me be the first one to tell you congratulations. Reggie started and he told, he told you that it's not an accident that you're here today. Let me, let me second that and tell you. I don't know why you got here. I don't know who invited you. I don't know how, how it all happened, but there's, it's not an accident that you showed up today. Today is a day that will change the rest of your life. Do you believe that, church? Amen. Amen. If, you're still, if you're still in your seats, would you just stand? Would you stand where you are? Would you extend your hand towards our friends that have courageously taken a step to say, I've decided to follow Jesus? And this is how we do it at Harvest. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and if you came to the front, you're going to say it. Uh, just after me, but you're going to hear voices behind you saying it because we don't, we don't ever let you do this alone. We say it together. We do it together. So Harvest, are you ready for this? Let's just say, say Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. For coming, for coming to my rescue. To my rescue. I, need I need a savior. I need a savior. So I give you my life. So I give you my life. And in exchange, in exchange, I receive your life. I receive your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me, let me just tell you, I love, I love when people make a decision to follow Jesus. And Reggie laid it out so clear. It really is so simple. You, some of you are sitting here thinking, really? All I had to do is say those words and that's all it is. And it really is that simple. But now you're starting a journey of following Jesus. And as much as I love when people make a decision to follow Jesus, I love being a part of a church that will wrap its arms around you and say, hey, I'll help you now. I'll teach you what it means to follow Jesus. Um, we do this every week, but on your way out, there's a banner in the lobby that says following Jesus. And if you want to stop by there, in fact, our team probably should get ready for, we probably aren't, we probably need more books out there than we have right now. But if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. And we have a book called Following Jesus that will just outline some next steps. And they're going to help you with things like you know, finding a small group and just surrounding you with people. It'll help you on these next steps. Congratulations. 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 Wow. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.